One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Connecting to the big show. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Hawks 96 FM. You know, it's great to start the morning with a laugh. And now, as the mornings are getting darker again, we need to laugh. I used love for the last six months. I love waking up in the morning and looking at the bright the brightness of the morning and bearing in mind I get up at stupid o'clock like 20 quarter to 6 in the morning and to look out and see a bright morning it just makes it easier and they're gone now you don't see a splinky light till about maybe 20 past 25 past 6 so you need now laugh you know when you wake up and I think this is the funniest thing and could anything be more good morning by the way could anything be more Kino more Roy, more our Roy Keane than this story. You'll have seen it at the weekend. This fella headbutted Roy Keane after Keane um, cheered a Manchester United goal. Like, why wouldn't he? He cheered a Manchester United goal. I think the goal was subsequently disallowed for offside, but that doesn't actually matter. <laughs> this Arsenal fan got rightly annoyed, rightly annoyed. A fella called Scott Law, who is a season ticket holder in the hospitality section and he goes for Keane and he goes for Keane and he gets stuck in him right and he headbutted him now that's serious incident in itself and you see there was people trying to pull him off right <laughs> he broke his own nose I just think I just think it's the funniest thing I mean it is so Keane it is so our Roy that a guy goes for him and a match <laughs> Headbutts the great Roy Keane and breaks his own nose. I mean, how how Roy is that? Reminds me of a great rugby story from donkeys years ago. And I don't know how true it is, so don't make me prove it. But it's a great story of when Paul O'Connell, the legendary Paul O'Connell, was at the height of his powers playing for Munster. A f- more fearsome creature with the ball up his jersey. I don't think we've ever produced in Ireland, right? There's a story told of a fella who was admitted to hospital in Limerick one night after a game. Might have been a Heineken Cup game or whatever it was. This guy's admitted to hospital in Limerick one night with his shoulder halfway down his chest dislocated and 
practically dislocated into the next county. And the doctor said to him, what happened to you? And he goes, I tackled Roy Keane, or I tackled um, Paul O'Connell when he had the ball. And the doctor looked at him and said, who's a silly boy now? (laughs) No, I just thought that was the funniest thing this morning. Although Paul just might beat this. Do you remember we had uh, Megan on yesterday and Megan got married in a black dress and and she had this as her entrance. Yeah? She walked into the sound of the Adams family. Do you remember that? That I thought that was so funny yesterday. Megan gave me me such a laugh on the show yesterday, right? Well, that was brilliant. But, Paul, you seriously didn't. You seriously didn't ask them to let let you bring your 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 daughter up the aisle to this. Please tell me you didn't, Paul. Morning. Good morning, PJ. No, we were we were telling my future father-in-law that we were going to change. Here comes the bride. Yeah. To bring your daughter to the slaughter because my name is my surname is Slaughter. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd have her walking up the aisle, and oh, him and the priest got a great giggle out of it. Well, the priest was up for him, was he? The priest was it was Father Mac out of uh, Farnry. He was up for anything, but I was only a running joke. But he stood up during the during the ceremony. Yeah. And uh, he kind of called to the ceremony. He says, "We said we were nearly having a, clo- clo- a change of heart." As Catherine walked in, he said, because we were going to have her walk into uh, Iron Maiden, he says, bring your daughter to the slaughter. <laughs> Which has got to be, apart from that, Nels, one of the best rock and roll anthems of the last 40 years. Oh, though. it's a brilliant one. My daughter, Sarah, Sarah Kate, who was actually christened on the day of the wedding, she loves that song. Yeah, that's oh, a great old... They're, listen, they're a great band. I have a pal called Rory. Rory's a super fan. He's just seen them for the 76th time or something. <laughs> Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, got a good, got, got a good giggle around the church all right that thing. <laughs> and it's enough. You didn't have a bit of sound to play, no? No, we didn't. Did God, I wouldn't risk the wrath of my good lady wife in that one, no. <laughs> ah, the running know. joke is fine, all well, but not to, not know, to play know, it on the day. Come here, you just said you had. Did I, did I miss that, Paul? Your daughter was christened on the same day. We had Sarah christened on the same day, yeah. We asked Father Mac would it be possible for uh to do Sarah, to have Sarah christened on the day. And uh he said he'd never done it before. He said he'd make inquiries. He no. said it had never been done, so he'd be delighted. It was a first. Two two gigs for the price of one for the priests. For, you first. <laughs> well that well, you see, there was no point in bringing her down bringing my family down for a christening and then six months later for a wedding. Yeah. Or the other way around. Yeah. Where, where you know, did you, where so, did you, what, was the church up in Farnry, was it? Church in Farnry, yeah. Where, where'd you go afterwards? Uh, down to Freddie and the lads in the Commons. Ah, for goodness Ooh, sake. Done us a great day, great yeah. day that day. That was a great, actually the Commons in its heyday is for a wedding was a fabulous place to, to have it. The Roebuck room was fabulous. It was brilliant, yeah. You don't ever remember, do you ever remember the Sunset Ridge, by the way, Paul, do you? I do. Yeah. I do indeed. You never went out there to a gig, did you? I used to do door walk out there for 18th and 21st. Get off the stage, Paul. I just threw it out there because, you see, they, they moved in yesterday to pull it down. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've done a couple of uh, 18th and 24th out there doing the door. God, I play. I, we probably met each other because I did countless engagements and weddings and 21st out there over the years. Good. Yeah. yeah. It was a good spot. It was just an awful spot to get home from. 
Wicked, wicked. Twas, and twas, twas a place you would not get out of it alive if you didn't play Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter at some stage. Twas, <laughs> twas a big hit. Twas a hit in the house, you know. I'm telling you. Fantastic. And you went out the commons then. Did you have, did you have, a, what, what music did you have? I'm thinking now. What music did you have? We had uh, the Laughing Shamrocks, the whole lot of them. Deadly. Deadly, Alan and the gang. They were Alan still, and the gang. They are still brilliant. They're still, still are. Just, yeah. They still play together from time to time. They do. Yeah. There are. He does a stage as he says. There's different parts of them. You yeah. know. So, and then we had a DJ afterwards. Yeah. Who played? Who go on? Who spun your tunes? I couldn't tell you. Alan sorted all that out for us. Ah, well, we Alan's a great man for organising yeah, everything. He does the whole thing. I did. A few, I used to do a few gigs for Alan down the road. So, God knows, I might even. Yeah. Been. Might even have been me. Lads has a button stuck down there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Frank says, I played at Paul and Catherine's wedding, says Frank Walsh. Why, Frank, were you playing with the Shamrocks that day, Frank? Frank, I was, Frank said, I, was, I played at Paul and Catherine's wedding in the Commons. So maybe Frank was in the band that day. Uh, probably. Uh, I, 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 did, did the band play or did the DJ play the tune, did he? No, you never got away with playing it. I can't remember. I don't. I, can't, don't, I don't think I got a. We had a play that. We didn't have a play that night. No, we were just kept it going traditional after that. Well, go on. I have. I have fifteen seconds of it. Dedicated now. Dedicated now. You get away with it now, Paul. Go on. Dedicated now. <laughs> to my lovely wife. Bring your daughter to the slaughter, Captain. Fantastic, Paul. Fantastic. Paul Slaughter, by the way, is his name. And an Iron Maiden fan, I've no doubt. Thanks, Paul. Good to start the programme with a laugh. Yeah, people are really thinking outside. Now, this is a few years ago. But people are really thinking outside the box. Like, I loved Megan's walk-in tune. Actually, here's a bit of fun we could have. We'd normally do something like this on a Friday. But seeing as it's Tuesday, and there's a lot of bad news around and, and a lot of depression around with the prices going up and stuff like that, of which more later in the morning. So you can you can walk into your wedding. I'm not going to necessarily play them. Get in serious trouble with the office downstairs. You know yourself. I'm not going to necessarily play, but the maddest, craziest tune you can think of to march into your wedding. You won't get more odd, I think, than bring your daughter to the slaughter or the Adams family. You know, that was brilliant. Right, you won't get much madder than the two of them together. But think, top of your head, right? Spare no blushes here. What song would you love to walk into your wedding? Yeah, the themes though, like have carnival event, carnival themed weddings, or Harry Potter themed weddings, circuses, space. What's the maddest thing you ever did for your wedding? We, we might hold some of them over. We'll take some of them today. Mad outfits. Crazy mad outfits. The the venue. Uh, text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Just for the fun of it. Just on a Tuesday morning when there's a lot of bad news out there. Uh, and prices are going up and people are giving out and all that. And also to mark what was something I... Saw in the paper yesterday, I'm reading from John Bohan's article in The Echo, but there was loads written about it and lots of pictures up of the Sunset Ridge. It was a motel when I remember it originally. It was a motel, but it's listed as a hotel here now. But the Sunset Ridge, I mean, pious, glorious, immortal 
memory. It was just a fabulous place run by the, or owned by the, the Cronin family back in the day. Now, boarded up and very sad to look at in recent years. And there was an arson attack last year and it was gutted. We were talking about that and antisocial behaviour and drugs and cider parties. Don't mind that now, right? Let's remember the, the, the Sunset Ridge in its heyday. Like, it was the place you went to. Particularly from the north side of the city, there was yeah, there were weddings and engagements, 21sts, 40ths, 50ths, 80ths, communions, confirmations, christenings, funeral afters, actually. You did a lot of them at, the, at the, the Sunset Ridge. I remember the last event I ever did out there. I did loads of birthdays and wed- engagements, actually, were big, and, and, and wedding afters and stuff like that. The last event I ever did out there was a darts event where I was the MC for the darts event, but I was also doing some music before and after. Uh, James Wade, one of the best darts players in the world, was there that night. He was the star of the show and he was playing uh, local darts players. I did that. I can't remember when that was now, but it was the last event I ever did, last gig I ever did at, uh, at the Sunset Ridge back in the day I, I loved it I loved it out there I did dozens of gigs out there for Ted Dunn did them for John Barry did them for myself did them for a few others it was a great place and uh, sad to see it pulled down but hopefully now it'll get a new future I think what they're doing is they're doing um, apartments um, there'll be a big pharmacy out there doctor surgery presumably there'll be a shop or two as well to keep the place going but great memories great memories Anthony Maggio wanted to do for your wedding any crazy song that you wanted to, to walk up the aisle to if you could get away with it. It won't do much better than the two we've had, I think, but you never know. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. The Cork Diary. The Teddy Daily Memorial in aid of pancreatic cancer research will take place on Sunday, the 17th of September. A virtual event. People are encouraged to get involved by walking, running, cycling, or your activity of choice and help raise vital funds for breakthrough cancer research. To donate and to register, go to breakthroughcancer.ie. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. Now, we got some fabulous suggestions in yesterday for best vacation ever, and I'll get back to them in a few minutes. We're doing this all week. We've teamed up with Falcher Ireland to help you experience the best vacation ever. I was out and about in the last week or so to see some of the things you can do right here on our own doorstep with just a few hours to spare. I went to Blarney Castle and Gardens and uh, looked at the stone and the, gar- the gardens are fabulous. There's a poison garden. There's paths into little clumps of trees. You could spend hours there just wandering around through all sorts of avenues and arboretums. Then there's fabulous coffee uh, at the entrance to Blarney Castle and Gardens. I hadn't been there for years and I had a lovely couple of hours there. So I want, want you to do is get me your best vacation ever. Get the idea for your best vacation ever. Do it with friends, do it with family. And at the end of the week then, I have loads of stories already in, but at the end of the week I will have two 200 euro one for all vouchers. And to get in the draw for that, I need your favourite idea for a vacation. Just give me your idea. 
and we'll put it into the draw on Friday. We had a load of them in yesterday. Let's get some more in today. 083 396 96 96. Your best vacation ever. And I might even be able to help you to pay for it come Friday. That's with thanks to our friends at Board Fudge. Or Fudge Ireland, rather. 0818 96 96 96. Well, I do some of yesterday's. I will, because I had them there. Um, oh, no, no, I go to, I go to D, actually. D, um, this is on the back of uh, Deputy Michael Collins, who went on Facebook on Friday, and he was on the show here yesterday, talking about the way stuff has gone up in price over the weekend. Petrol, diesel, uh, eating out, and accommodation, and that kind of thing. Uh, and we get lots of stories. I mentioned myself having been in Dublin at the weekend for a show at the Borgosh Energy, and there was no way in the wide earthly world were myself and Queen B going to justify. Had we a credit card we could hop it on to? Of course we had. Thankfully, we're lucky enough that way, but where are we going to justify spending 600 quid on a hotel for one night for the three of us? Not on your life. D, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. You wanted to buy your son and his wife a present for their wedding anniversary. Yeah, I thought a nice weekend away because they work very hard and I thought they deserved a weekend away. Very kind. (laughs) So I thought Kilkenny because they'd never been there. Yeah. Yeah, so I went through all the hotels and the cheapest one I could find was 588 euro for two nights, no breakfast. Wow. And I thought, this is ridiculous. This is utterly ridiculous. So I said, I tried Tobago. (laughs) 508, same hotel, 588 euro. So I said, I'll ring the hotel, see is there any different. Mm -hmm. No, 588 euro. I mean, that's not even breakfast. That's ridiculous, like. For 588 euro, you'd expect breakfast at least. Yeah. At least. No, if they had been B&B, I probably would have booked it like an idiot. So I thought, I'll go to the travel agent and I'll give her my budget and say, there you go, what can you get me? So she gave me three options and I picked Manchester because of the flights, the time of the flights. Sure. Uh, Two nights, B&B, bed and breakfast Mm -hmm. and flights, €359. €200 cheaper. €230 cheaper. Yeah, and they've got their flights and they'll be there in an hour. They'll be there early on Thursday and they'll have all day Friday, all day Saturday and their flight. It's not coming back till quarter to eight Saturday night. You can't mm. really answer that, can you, Dee? So how, how are they getting away with charging these prices? It's utterly ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, seriously? No, 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 no. I'd love to go, like that, no, I'd love to go to shows in Dublin, but I couldn't afford the, the, the hotels. No. I mean, we'd stayed in this particular hotel before. Yeah, uh, in yeah. in what you might call the good old days, and you would have expect because it's so because it's so close to a fascinating, a fabulous theatre. You know, you you're, yes. you're, you're going to drop a couple of quid on a hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're two rooms. We're three adults. That's two rooms. Yeah, you know, because we night we like to have yeah. adjoining rooms because of the boy and stuff like that. Yes, like, exactly. You, you, you'd be prepared to drop three hundred and fifty quid, or even three hundred. Maybe, yeah. You know, yeah. But I wasn't dropping the bones of six hundred. Like, not going to happen not for one at night. All. But you see, we're too quiet. We're putting up with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
She told you what happened. We really, people really need to stand up. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, t- and speak out. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and don't <sighs> cook. and and you're right. And I know. Look, it's the, I know that the tourist industry I, is struggling. And I want. I know, I, we, we want to spend our money here, and there is value yes. if you look for it. Do and you? I wanted There's, to. Yeah. I wanted to spend my money here, mm. but good God, for that price, no. I'm sorry. Well, no. And now with the the vat gone back up, if I went to book it today, it'd probably be gone up more. Probably would. It probably. Yeah, would. it's utterly ridiculous. The slightest little thing, and they throw on some money. I think they're getting away with it too much. Yeah. I'm sorry, now I'm getting a bit. No, you're <laughs> no. Do you, listen, you're you're speaking. Oh. You're speak. You're 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 speaking for thousands of people because, like, when yeah. you look look at look at look at the figures, the figures don't lie. You went to call this place in Kilkenny. We won't name the hotel because it's yeah. not the same. No, no, no. The cheapest price you could find in Kilkenny for two nights without breakfast was five hundred and eighty-eight euro 80, 80 for a couple, euro. so a double room. You got yeah. Manchester. You got flights to Manchester. Two nights bed and breakfast for three hundred and fifty nine euro. Yeah, utterly ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. And they'll be in Manchester earlier than they'd be in Kilkenny. <laughs> well, that Manchester's an hour, like, and it's the, an the, hour. The bus they'd have to bus? drive to Kilkenny. Is it the bus or, or, or bus, there? whichever. Yeah, they yeah. probably drive. Is it a bus That's or a train from the airport? Both are trains from the airport in, in Manchester. I think it's. I think oh, I have no idea. I think um, there's a train. I think there's a train, yeah. And I mean, like. I'm Michelle Tomlin, Like you said, we have more prices go out of the weekend restaurants, beauty salons. Everything's going to go. Yeah. yeah. Everything. It's, it's breaking. Absolutely. Point. Everything. It's breaking. And I get, you know, I get given out to. People give out. Oh, here he is now talking down, talking down the look. <laughs> no. You're talking yourselves down with prices like that. They're. Pricing themselves out of business. That's exactly what it is, Steve. Thank you very much. No, and I, I'm the first one to look stand up for value uh, when I can find it. And I'm going off. We love, I've told that before, we love Baltimore, myself and Queen Bee and the boy. We love Baltimore and we're off down for a weekend later this month. And I'm not going to tell anybody where I found because uh, otherwise it'll get booked out, but they're busy anyway. But we found a place down in Baltimore that we can get two nights in a luxury apartment. Gorgeous, beautifully appointed apartment. We get two nights for under 300 quid. Like, hello, in a luxury apartment. And that's value, do you know? Back to weddings. Angela, how you doing? Not too bad, um, PJ. How you're, are you? Good. You're getting married at the end of September. I got married. Oh, you uh, got I'll, yeah, I'll be married um, a year, the 21st of September. You still love him, do you? I suppose I do. <laughs> I suppose I do. <laughs> good, 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 good. Where did you have your ceremony? In the Maritime Museum in Passage West. Fabulous. I haven't been in there since they did it up. Every time I go down, I say I must pop in. It's brilliant, though. Yeah, you're more than welcome. I, I'm actually chair of it. Are you? I am. Uh, and when myself and him, my husband and him were looking at uh, places, I suppose, to get married, we didn't want the traditional. Yeah, yeah. So we decided, right, where would be nice and where would mean something to us. Yeah. And we sat down and uh, I, I suppose I had to put it in through the board of end directors. First of end, the museum would have be any problem because like it's a company so you have to do it. I yeah. just couldn't take it on myself. And we decided there's somewhere special for both of us mm. 
because I only met him just as we were getting the museum up and running about five years ago. So it that came alive as my relationship was coming alive. Right. So we decided we'd have it there and we had a friend of ours um, who worked um, with um, my dad years ago in Anko. Mm. Um, Anko, God, you're bringing yeah. back memories now. <laughs> Stop. And, and uh, she was actually the Solomon, well, Solomizer. Yeah. She came down and she did that. It was very family and friend orientated. Yeah. That's and the way we wanted it. The museum it. has a licence and all that, does it? Yeah. Yes, we do, we do. Oh, um, had to go in and make sure all of that and everything. Uh, the first wedding ever to be done down there. Brilliant. And I love what you did afterwards then. Yeah, we had a garden party and um, my parents. Brilliant. They have a big enough garden. So yeah. we decided, right, same kind of thing. Our family and friends that if we went into a hotel, as you know, you're sitting down at a table, mm. music will come on, everything will happen. You really miss out the atmosphere of having the people you wanted there, there. Yeah. And if I remember rightly, Angela, last September was quite kind to us weather-wise. How was the day? The day was absolutely fantastic. Beautiful, beautiful weather. It poured out of the heavens the following day, but uh, we said, um, uh, all my aunts, uh, my dad is in the eldest of eight, and he has um, five younger sisters and two brothers. But all my aunts had the uh, infant to prague out for how long beforehand, praying that um, there'd be no rain the day of the wedding. Mm. Well, clearly one of those infants to prague, if not all of them, had a broken neck. Because exactly. no, you, you know, I'm going, mm-hmm. God, I'm, you know they're useless unless the neck's been broken in them. Exactly, yes. <laughs> well, that's fabulous. When is the anniversary? The 21st of uh, September. The 21st of September. Angela, listen, lovely story. Lovely story. I promise I must pop into that uh, Passage West Maritime Museum. The history of that part of the harbour is fascinating and they they put together they did it up a few years ago all the stories are there in the Passage West Maritime Museum I must pop down and take a look someday soon thanks Angela 0818 96 96 96 Uh, we're going to Malaga says Mary in three weeks time for four nights and five days accommodation breakfast and flights 450 euro I went to Dublin for a concert, for a room for two people for one night, 700 euro. You see, these are the figures that you get told you're oversimplifying it. And maybe we are. I I get that. Maybe we are. Maybe when you look under the bonnet, it's harder to do business here than it is in other places. Let's accept that. Let's accept that. Okay? And... The more I listen to people in the trade, the more I listen to people in different sides of the industry, restaurants and pubs and stuff, the more I understand it's very hard for them to do business. But even accepting that, four nights, five days in Malaga, flights, accommodation and breakfast, 450 quid. Concert for one night, Uh, hotel room in Dublin, 700 for two people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. No, there was a what was I invited to? Oh, the the Eagles. The Eagles did um, the Aviva a couple of summers ago, and I got an invitation from the promoter. And it's nice to get them, and this job offers you that kind of privilege. Now and again, I got an up an uh, uh, an invitation to go to the best seats in the house for the Eagles, and my boy loves the Eagles. We'd have loved it. We'd have been a great gig. We'd have driven up and got a wedding, got a got a, a, a hotel for the two of us, and just enjoyed it. There's no way I would have justified it. I couldn't find a hotel within 30 miles of the stadium for less than 550 euro for us, myself and himself. So I wasn't going to do it. Not doing that. Not doing that. Mick says the government <clears throat> slipped in a new 5% tax on concrete to pay for the pyrites. Yeah. I mentioned this at the last... Do you remember that? This is the... I call this the DIY tax. And I think it's one of the most awful taxes that's been slipped in People who like to do a little bit of DIY, the garden fence tax. Like you decide to do a garden fence or put down a patio, or as I did during the summer, I put down a kind of a concrete wedge between me and the neighbour's wall, um, because you just need you don't need another reasons. But I did a little little wedge of concrete, simple job, built a little frame and poured it in all that. And whatever it cost me was the price of a bag of concrete and some 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 elbow grease. But all those jobs are going up in price now to pay for pyrite. Pyrite went and pyrite and mica, mica and and look if you've ever seen a house affected by mica, as I have done when I was on holidays in the north and we drove over to Donegal and I particularly took a point of stopping at a house that was fallen down through this mica. And it was like building a house with, with, with foam and ugh, awful. Chunks of it coming off in your hand. That's, that should be between the builders. The builders should be the ones on the hook for that, not the rest of us. But now concrete's gone up by 5%. If you want to do a little bit of work on your back, your patio, for example, or your driveway, or do a little bit of a wall project, or build yourself a little thing out the back, your concrete and your concrete products, your bricks, going to cost you more to pay for what the builders did with regards to Micah. And that's one of the infuriating things about living in this country. 0818969696. Apropos of nothing, for I go to a tune, and we're following it, so we're happy to mention it. Mary Berry, or Mary Barry rather, who is a long-term staff member at the Before Five Centre. There is another rally tomorrow for parents and staff, Wednesday, September 6th, have to outside the premises. The liquidation was Monday. There are negotiations going on. We know that. Uh, everybody, there, there, there are negotiations. Somebody's talking to somebody behind the scenes to see can before five be saved. And we sincerely hope it works out. But in the meantime, they want to keep themselves in the attention spotlight. So there's another... A demonstration tomorrow afternoon. Thank you for that, Mary. I don't know if you did. I certainly didn't, not because I didn't want to, but because I would prefer to watch it at my own time, maybe during the day. At night, I tend to watch something purely for entertainment. But the John Gilligan documentary uh, on Virgin Media last night, I don't know if you watched it. It's first of a three-parter put together by David Harvey, a man from whom I have great respect uh, as a journalist of many years standing. But but, 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 but. John O'Donovan says David Harvey was asked on RTE about putting Gilligan in the spotlight. Uh, he said, on the point of principle, says John, I wouldn't watch it. 
I would encourage others not to watch it, uh, not to endorse exposing the man for what he is. He's being built up as some kind of modern-day Robin Hood. There's a photograph of John Gilligan. There are photographs of Gilligan all over the papers this morning, him having walked free from court yesterday in Torreveja in Spain on a plea bargain. Uh, he walked free. He's 70, what, 71, 72 now. He lives over there. And he got something like a suspended sentence and fine for importation of drugs and there was a gun and all this kind of crack. Whatever, whatever, whatever. But um, John makes the point that we shouldn't be watching this documentary to give him the exposure that he craves. Clearly he did the interview because he craved exposure, he craved publicity. Um, and it's a long interview. And one point that was being made last night on, on Twix, that's my new name, don't want to call it Twitter anymore because it's not. I don't want to call it X. Keep most happy. So I call it Twix. On Twix last night, um, Philip Nolan, the Daily Mail journalist, was saying that one key principle of journalism is if you're sitting in front of a person and you know they're lying, you call out those lies. And we don't know that, G- that Gilligan wasn't lying in this interview last night, but let's face it, he's got a reputation for it. So good point. But did you watch that? Line? I didn't. I have it recorded, or it'll be on the player, and I may watch it. I may not, but we'll see. Uh, Gilligan, uh, last night on Virgin Media. Did, did anybody watch it? 0818 96, 96 96 In the real world, people are struggling to keep their businesses going because of this VAT increase. Why we might talk about rip-offs? That's one side of it. But on the other side of it are people just literally struggling to keep the doors open. I catch Amy next. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Two grand minute. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. I'm in love with the money. Answer 10 questions in 60 seconds to claim 2,000 euros. 2,000 euros. Yeah, Lorraine and Ross in the morning. I'm getting money. Oh, on Cork's 96FM. Amy Michelle Hairdressing is a place that's won fistfuls of awards. They're up there on uh, High Street near Turner's Cross. And Amy, you employ eight people, including yourself, up there. And and this VAT increase, it's forcing you to put prices up when you don't want to. Good morning. Hi, PJ. How are you? Very well, um, yeah, the prices have had to go up this week, unfortunately. And as I was saying kind of over my social media at the weekend, I know it's only 4.5%, but um, unfortunately that means thousands for us if you kind of make it out. And it's just, it's a bill we can't kind of foot ourselves anymore. You know, we have no choice. So the price, the prices that you put up now, the increase is not going near your till. It's going straight to the tax man. No, unless you're collecting it with one hand and then giving it back to the taxman with the other hand. There's absolutely no benefit in the salon. None of my staff are benefiting from it. Only the taxman. That's it. Yeah. And I know that your own sector and other sectors asked the government to please keep the 9%. Yeah, and it, and it worked for so long. Like, we're, we're not naive. We knew it was going to go back up, you know. It had been 13.5 for years. And then they kindly lowered it for COVID. But um, 
We knew it would go up, but at the moment, it's just everything else is so tight at the moment. Mm. We were hoping we could put it off for another another few months at least. It's just, it's like it's hard on us, but it's also hard for our, our customers because they don't have the money either. Everything's going up. So it's, it's just a very difficult time. Yeah. I, I don't know what the VAT on hairdressing or hairdressing products is in, in other parts of the world. Do you? Um, I know across Europe it's only about 5% in most places so ours is actually quite high in this oh country Oh my god Oh my yeah. god So 5% So there's a big difference <laughs> That's colossal That's more than double Yeah and it's huge and unfortunately hairdressing isn't a very profitable business at the best of times although I know our prices are high people think that we're making a fortune but we're not it's always kind of it's tough every week to be honest with you and yeah. this is just making it tighter and tighter now yeah. And we're talking a while ago about, you know, how expensive Ireland has gotten and is getting again. But then I talked to a small business like you who doesn't want to put your prices up. But No, I don't think But the taxman's looking for more money. Yeah, and it's just, you know, it's just a bill I can't afford. Like as much as I'd love to absorb the cost of it myself, mm. it's it's either put the prices up or, or close my business. It's that's the choice, like, you know, because or, or cut back can't keep going on. Or lose a staff member or, it's, or lose a staff member and like that's not something I want to do, you know? Yeah. It's not a it's very, very pro business hard. way of doing things, is it, Amy? No, no. And like to be honest with you, as I say to all my clients, like it's actually tougher now than it was when I first opened or even during COVID because during COVID we were getting grants and we were getting help with the wages and this year is just it's crippling people like I know a lot of um, not even just hair salons I know a lot of businesses that are just struggling all the time What about your electricity costs and all that and of course being a business you pay water as well That's it yeah and the electricity has just been absolutely extortionate now it's started to come down a little bit Mm. but like we're going into our busy season now as well so it's obviously going to go up and up like my I think it's quadrupled I think my electricity bill this year so yeah (laughs) I know now obviously I have more staff members this year than I did last year but even taking that out of it it was crazy money and that's a massive bill every two months yeah good god and and like yeah I don't know what you pay for water, but it it comes in through rates. So, like, that's expensive too. Well, actually, your water bill is separate from your rates. So it's another bill on top of it again then. Yeah. I'm so... Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's just constant. I'm here listening to you saying your electricity bill is quadrupled and, and there you are now heading into winter. You also have to heat the place in the wintertime. That's it, heat the place. And we have two... um, full-time immersions on and we have a washing machine and a dryer going all day to have fresh clean towels and and then obviously eight hair dryers on top of that straighteners everything yep it's a bit crazy wow all right amy well i know that the people listening know that you're doing this not because you want to but because you've no option that we have to exactly yeah okay. but once they know that we all appreciate them coming in the door that's all I'm trying to get across you know because right. I don't take it lightly and I know it's a struggle for everyone at the moment so we do appreciate it alright I know loads more people No, loads more people in that line of work are are struggling to absorb the VAT increase thanks Amy Amy Michelle from Amy Michelle Hairdressing up there on High Street winners of a fistful of awards for their work and now she said I'm actually just collecting money for the taxman. So there's someone trying to employ eight people, including herself, pay them a wage, pay bills, run a salon, and now she's literally 
asking her clients to give them more money for a wash cutting, blow dry or whatever, to give it straight to the taxman. As if the taxman was pulling up outside the door with a little box of requesting money. It's getting mad, isn't it? Uh, now, uh, Marie contacted us yesterday. You were looking for help. Unusual help, Mary. I, I've never even seen these things. Well, I did actually see one this morning on my way walking into town when I was thinking of you. A Barbie phone photo booth. Morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? Good. You got one. But anyway, tell me the story. You're looking for one for, for Kevin's I'm, I'm, Day. Yes, for Kevin's Day in aid of Crumlin Children's Hospital and the Ronald McDonald's House in Crumlin. We're having a family day in the Douglas Community Park on Sunday. Right. This is our, I suppose, this is our 13th year doing it now. Yeah. Um, We just raise funds because, as you know, my grandson went to Crumlin and just Kevin was so fond of the the staff up there in the hospital and the Ronald McDonald House. We just do this every year as a give back. Yeah. Yeah. So this year we're going to do Barbie, Ken and Superheroes Day. Yeah. And we were looking for one of the Barbie photo booths that they had in the cinema. Yes. So I contacted yourself yesterday because I was having no luck. And then Dave from the cinema in the North Main Street, um, he contacted me to say they didn't have one. Well, I I sent him a message actually, but he said... Yeah, they're closed closed at the moment. They're doing it up. Yeah, Yeah, but they're they're doing it up. Middleton, yeah. That's right. And one in Mallow. So in fairness, he got on to them and he said they had one in Middleton. Now he said it was flat packed at the moment because they had taken it down because it's, it's in the form of a big box, you know, where they yeah. go in and get their photograph taken. Yeah, yeah. And he said with a bit of TLC, it would be grand and that I could have it. So I'm thrilled to be. Fabulous. So I'm going to get that one and we're going to do it up for the day. Fabulous. And a forecast so, for the day, in case you're interested, because uh, we're in a bit of good weather at the moment, but Sunday is a bit away yet. Will I Will I check it for you? Do. I do. will. I'll just have one look do. here now, because uh, Sunday, all right, let me have a look at this here, because I, I know the work you put into this. So you might get a shower early Sunday morning, but in the, right. in the afternoon, you're looking at dry, not necessarily hot, not necessarily scorching, but nice, dry, warm Sunday afternoon to do the best for Kevin's day. Great, PJ, because I don't want it too hot either because people might take off the beach. So if it's nice and cool, they might come to us. You see, there's an ulterior motive there too, isn't there? <laughs> Telling you now, there is. There's a, and just, PJ, can I just mention that um, music on the day, in fairness, Lily and Courtney is going to do the music ah, for me. Oh, pal, Lil. Old pal, yeah. Lil. Yeah. yeah, and the High Hopes Choir are going to perform and um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it properly now, the Kjoltus from Douglas. The Kjol- oh, yeah, called the Kjoltory. And listen, you're going to yeah. have, you'll have a session and a half down there we'll on Sunday. We'll have a session. And, and PJ, you, your son would be, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. James. If he's free, he would be more than welcome to come along and do a tune or two. Do you know what? If he was free. Do you know what? I'll have a word with his secretary. <laughs> you, you, you have a word with his manager, sir, and he's more than welcome. We'd love to have him along. Do you know what, now, for the sheer crack of it, because you asked, I might just do that. Marie, listen, great talking to you, and have a and great day on Sunday. I'm so glad you got that. 
he got that photo box. Yeah, um, <laughs> himself is on video, you know, in in Lanzarote in a fabulous little pub called O'Brien's, where he went up and did the did the karaoke. We'll see what we can do on Sunday if we can get him get him sorted. That'd be cool. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. She got her phone booth. If you know the community park in Douglas. It's lovely. It's a gorgeous facility. And they've done a fabulous job of doing it up and making it all nice over the last couple of years. And fundraiser for Kevin's Day this Sunday afternoon in aid of Crumlin's Children's Hospital and Ronald McDonald House. Do you know, I might just head down and himself might just do a tune. Oh, I must get on to his... Um, his secretary. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Fox 96 FM. We are bombarded with daycation ideas and I'll just stop down for a while and, and go through them in a minute some great ideas and we're doing this with Fulcher Ireland all this week the best vacation ever and I'll be awarding two 200 euro one for all vouchers on Friday but some of your ideas are fabulous uh, if I took the next three weeks off and did one every day uh, you couldn't do all the different ideas that are coming into us and great to see I'll, I'll go through a few of them in a minute weather is lovely no, lovely prospects, 22, 25 degrees. Did any, was it just me? No, I know it wasn't just me because half the place is complaining about it. Was that last night, was that the hottest night in uh, in Cork in a very long time? I woke up to have a chat with Mother Nature about, I don't know, 10 or quarter past three this morning and it was Scorchio. Must have been 19, 20 degrees and I think... Was it Alan and Carla Weather or some weather observer anyway was saying that down in Valencia, in Kerry, they actually had a tropical night. Now, the definition of a tropical night is where it doesn't fall below 20 stroke 21 degrees. I think 20 is the borderline. They had 22 degrees overnight in Valencia, in Kerry. And also the sun set last night and the sun rise this morning was quite red and if you got a shower of rain in the early morning, you might have noticed your car covered in red dust. Um, Cork Bio is reporting in the last while there was what they sometimes call blood rain in the southwest overnight. This is Sahara dust. No, I kid you not. It's a great portenter, a great predictor of weather for the next few days. But warm air from the Sahara has found its way up here. I know, I know. It can happen from time to time. And has brought with it this Sahara dust. So if you had a shower rain this morning, and if the car is all reddish brown in colour, that's Sahara dust. Don't knock it. Yes, it can be hard on the breathing, I imagine, if you're of that inclination, or having that kind of a problem. But it's a portent of very nice warm weather for the week. But last night was scorching. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Right after talking to to Mary, Tom got in touch with the opinion line. I love the name of the business, Tom. 
Tom Triggs, your own name, uh, but uh, top of the props. Good morning. Good morning. Love yeah. it, fella. Love it. Top of the props. Me. New business for themed events and themed parties. Yeah. So we, um, I, I, I just, it was a friend of mine got in touch, my friend Maeve, and she just said to me that there was somebody looking for a Barry um, life-size box for yeah. a party. And then we actually got one made recently. It was actually for a six-year-old birthday party and our last two requests were actually for a hen party and a 40, a 40 the birthday party for the, uh, the Barbie box. It's a Barbie so, for, a, for a 40th. Yeah, so um, we, we'd be happy to, um, to help them with that if, if she still uh, needs it. I think they did get one, which is great. They got one from, from the cinemas, which is fantastic. But tell me more about your business. Where did the idea come from? Um, I suppose... Especially over COVID, everyone just has a lot of thinking time, and we've been to so many weddings. We're at that age group now. We've been been to months of weddings. We see this a lot of the same stuff over and over, and um, we just want to do something different, just be a little bit kind of more unique and put you know something else out there. And um, mm. yeah, I suppose longer went down, we kept thinking, thinking, and say, look, why not have a go at us and yeah. it's something we enjoy doing. Yeah. Barbie is the big one at the moment. There was, I, I expect, Frozen is still popular. Yeah, we have a frozen now in Cockermelon is big as well. Um, and as I say, we're only a new business, but there's always something coming up. You know, we we literally cater for anything. Um, starting off, especially, we had um, an unusual request recently in the Metropole. It was a Mad Hatter's Tea Party. <laughs> Love it. And we went all out for that. Um, we didn't have the stock at the time, obviously, but we have it all now anyway. And we... Um, we catered for that and that would done really well. We got really good feedback. Isn't that so funny that in, in twenty twenty three people would look for a Mad Hatter's tea party. Yeah, it's you, you Wow some, some things are just tight timeless and um they had a great night and Fabulous. as I say, we literally cater for anything, any request we've we get a few unusual requests and we kind of enjoyed us um that unique side of things as well and we'll just give it a go. Yeah. Why not? Wait, wait, how how many people are, how popular are themes for weddings, unusual things for weddings? Because you do that as well. Yeah, as I say, we do anything on request. We had a wedding now recently and the um, the couple were big music lovers. So uh, we set up um, our guest book as records and we have a big gramophone display and this, all the guests then sign all the records. Oh. And we, you know, we had another one of his Jenga blocks and you sign all the Jenga blocks and you put them into um, a display, a personalised display and... We try to personalise a lot of weddings, just do something a little bit, you know, personal and different for people. And we specialise in a lot of neon backdrops and flower walls, balloon arches. Um, and we have a kind of, at the moment, we've um, eight and ten, eight foot and ten foot um, timber arches with flowers. They're really cool as well. Lovely. Fabulous idea. Where can people find you? Tom Triggs with so Top of the So at the moment props. our website that because we're new it's a work in progress there's a lot of work to go with that but we're nearly there up in the next couple of weeks but you can find us on Facebook um, it's Top of the Props P-O-P-S. and we're on Instagram Top of the Props Cork Alright listen happy to give you a mention new business in Cork doing unusual stuff Top of the Props that's Tom Triggs who came to us because we were talking to Mary about uh, looking for a Barbie photo booth they got one they got one but a mad, who, how old can someone, the executive research team of the Opinion Line in Cork's 96 of him, can we find out how old the Mad Hatter's tea party is? Like, when did that, for, that's, that's older than myself, the idea of the Mad Hatter's tea party. That's, that's a, originally from a fairy tale or something, isn't it? I don't know, but it's a great idea. 0818 96 96 96. Right. Let us stop down for a second 
because we do lots of stuff on this program, uh, lots of giveaways and lots of great ideas for you to win stuff. This is really big. We are absolutely flooded with ideas for a vacation. What we've done this week is we've gotten together with Fall to Ireland to help you experience the best vacation ever. I went out myself to explore some of the great things to see and do. Right here on our doorstep, you don't even have to leave the county. Like I went down to Ocean Escapes there in Cork Harbour and they run fabulous tours around the harbour from the water, May to September. Blackrock Castle, Spike Island, Cove. It's a really un- unusual way to see the harbour and they stop at great places for food and drink as well so that's that's another idea uh, your own best vacation ever tell us what it would be and on Friday I have uh, two 200 euro one for all vouchers and to get into that draw just text your favourite location for a daycation and we'll put you into the draw tell us what you what you want to do how you want to spend your day celebrate all of the exciting things that are just here on our doorstep. If you're looking for ideas, you can go to discoverireland.ie, which you might need to because the ideas coming into us are phenomenal. Like, and this is a long one, so bear with me. Uh, we recently had a fabulous, practically unplanned vacation in Cove. On a sunny Saturday, we were at a loose end, made a packed lunch, headed off to Cove. Myself, the husband, 17-year-old daughter, 7-year-old son. The 17-year-old was complaining about being dragged out, but that soon stopped. We went to Cuskinny, brought reels for crab fishing, had a great few hours to see who could catch the biggest crab. We put the crabs back and then had our picnic on the strand, watched people swimming, just took in the atmosphere, headed downtown, busy Saturday, fab hustle and bustle, music on the pram, food stalls, ice cream, even had a cheeky glass of wine, she says. Stopped off at Fota House for a stroll around on the way home and went home that evening to Middleton with our hearts and bellies full and memories made. I'd highly recommend Cove for a daycation. Here's another one. Uh, my daycation would be a trip to Loch Ayn. Uh, incredible location in West Cork for a swim or a picnic or a kayak. It is a great place for a swim, actually. It's cold. It's cold. But it's a lovely place for a swim. And you can take the trail walk up the hill. And then, of course, Baltimore's only a few kilometres away. And there's the walk up to the Beacon. Or pop over on the ferry to Shirkin. That's a great vacation. Uh, spend a week on an offshore lighthouse, Eugene. Well, just one day on an offshore lighthouse. You could go down, for example, to Galley Head and get shown around that lighthouse. Loch Ayn, again. Loch Ayn, night kayaking to see the bioluminescence. Thanks for that, Claire. Uh, then, you know, other people, each to their own. Uh, the spa, getting pampered from head to toe and a glass of Prosecco, says Eileen. Smuggler's Cove in Ruscarbury. Spike Island tour on a sunny day. I thought I'd be bored, but I wasn't. I thoroughly enjoyed it from the boat trip to the tour to the cafe and the view of the harbour. We didn't actually have enough time in the end. That's from Valerie. Y'all comes up a lot in these ideas. Uh, the guided tour of St. Mary's Collegiate Church. Walk along the walls of the town. Sit and enjoy the calm in the college gardens. Coffee and cake and sage. Uh, Captain Tony for a c- cruise up the Blackwater. 
then back for lunch in the Keys, guided tour of the town, coffee in Moby Dick's. You won't sleep for a week after all the coffee. A walk on the boardwalk, maybe a swim or a stroll by the sea. That's my perfect day. That's from, from Helen. And we've loads of them. Pages and pages. I'll do more. Do more in a while. The Mad Hatter's Tea Party uh, came from Lewis Carroll's Adventures in Wonderland, which first hit bookshops in 1907. Lewis Carroll's Alice's Adventure. Alice in Wonderland. The Mad Hatter's Tea Party. 1907. Now I want to know who in 2023 has a party with a theme that dates back to 1907. Because that is even cooler. Because it's still very popular. It is. It is still very popular. There have been movies and storybooks and cartoons and new versions of it. But still, the Mad Hatter's Tea Party dates back to 1907. 0818 96 96 96 If you want to get in on our Fall to Ireland daycation competition two 200 euro vouchers on Friday with one for all tell me your, your great daycation your best daycation ever tell me what you want to do I might even end up paying for it for you on Friday with a 200 euro voucher 0818 96 96 96 Join the conversation This is the Opinion Line With Hidden Hearing Focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years They're all ears Visit hiddenhearing.ie Cork's 96 FM Yeah, lots of stuff coming in for your daycations 083 396 96 96 I'll do another bunch of them either later this morning or tomorrow but some of your ideas are so, so creative also still getting examples in at the same time about how we are being ripped off Um, and the two are coming in together and people are telling us about fabulous value to be had and it is out there in spades but right next to the fabulous value are people trying to take every quid they can off you. And in the middle of it are people who are crying because they've had to put up their prices because of this VAT increase. So many different strands to that conversation and happy to take up any one of them at any one time. Let us go to Charleville, though, where plans, I'm reading from Sean O'Reardon in The Examiner, plans are at an advanced stage to do some improved safety measures because 10 pedestrians have been killed in almost as many years by trucks as they were trying to cross the main street. Charleville, of course, is still the main road from Cork to Limerick, which is ridiculous in 2023. There was a plan in 2009, Sean reminds us, to bypass it. Um, But the government pulled the plug because money dried up when the arse fell out of the economy. Uh, That idea was on the shelf. It's still on the shelf. Um, There are a few ideas. One includes uh, a temporary kind of a bypass. People have been using Baker's Road as a bypass of Charleville for years and the plan is now to to do a proper upgrade and extend that and maybe take traffic away from the town. Now Evelyn O'Keefe is from the Charleville Community Forum. Evelyn, is that the little road that you turn right as you go in to Charleville and takes you down by the NCT, down the back of Duns and out there near the old Garda station? Is that Baker's Road? Good morning. 
Good morning, BJ. Yes, it is. And um, like, you know, when you read the paper as well, like I did, it was the first we had heard of it. And um, it's if anyone knows the road, and obviously you do, um, that road is heavily congested early in the morning and in the evening time because that road feeds onto what we would know as the railway road which feeds onto an industrial estate and that industrial estate has quite a quantity of people working there mm. and in the evening time that that road is as busy as the main street so um, if you take up the figures we'll say that Project Barrett the road um, director uh, for County Council um, announced there on the paper that as well and that article was 140,000 vehicles <clears throat> are coming through Charville because he's saying 20,000 on average so if you multiply that by your seven days you're getting 140,000 a week yeah. and out of that he's saying 15% is HGVs so they're talking about putting 21,000 HGVs down that teeny road that you're talking about mm. weekly yeah, I used to use it. How, how, how I know it well is when they're up and down to to Munster rugby matches. You know, yeah. we used to we used to skirt up that way to try and avoid it. You know. Yeah, and that's the thing. Since we had those two deaths there this year, early um, in April and May, um, actually HGVs themselves have taken it upon themselves to go down that road because you know they obviously don't want to be going through the main street either. So we know that the residents have contacted us and they found now that they have a lot of HGVs on that road that they wouldn't yeah. normally have. Yeah. And you it's know, not suitable for them at all. Oh, not at all, because if you look at it, there's actually three schools um, on that road, plus a special needs school. So you're talking about um, the CBS primary, the CBS secondary, the Holy Family primary school, and you've also got St. Joseph's Foundation. St. Joseph's Foundation has 1,200 service users, as the last I heard. What? And between those three primary schools, we've got 515 students. So you're talking about 1,700 students or special needs people on that small road using it, you know, coming and going. Um, and there is a traffic light there and there is one pedestrian crossing. But like to put 21,000 vehicles down there and think that yeah. that's the solution to the Main Street problem, um, beggars belief. Yeah, right? I was grateful to Sean's article for reminding me of the, the plan that was there in 2009, which I should remember, but it got it got shelved because money dried up. Where were they going to put that road, Evelyn? Yeah, like that road again, like uh, at the moment would be, we'll say, doable and it would at least help. So that road was going to the rear of Baker's Road. So it would be like another Baker's Road, but we'll say a couple of metres down. down behind those schools and a all bigger, that. A bigger so loop, it would, yeah a bigger loop and it would come out at below at the hotel, past the hotel. So that would be ideal as that would kind of completely take people who don't need to be going into Charville, yeah. out of Charville. And that would be ideal. Um, and that's what we were hoping for. And like when you have the TII um, saying they're going to fund it, um, both the design and the implementation, why wouldn't you take them up on their offer? Why just, you know, as I say, put a sticky plaster yeah. on what is obviously a gaping wound. The money, that's the mo- it. And they're the saying the money's there. Yeah, so like I, I know I, I you know I've just getting the feeling that are they afraid that if we get our relief road that the major project in the M20 could be scrapped? But I think like we've ten elderly people that died here in our street, and, and like you know you can't justify it. There's no justification. I, I, and I've taken know. countless calls, Evelyn, from people living there. Um, that apart from the danger, the the noise, your your windows rattle. 
Yeah, like, and, and I can see even in the main street in the town, people don't want to go down the main street now. Like, you you know, you, you got these big trucks hurdling down, like, and they have no option. They have to come yeah. through the town or like that manoeuvre down Baker's Road. And um, they have to. And it's not a friendly town now to come into because of the HGVs. You know, yeah. it's not a town where you stroll around like the likes of Mellor or Clonakilty and, no, no, or Killarney, no. places like that. You'll never see 21,000 vehicles a day or week coming through, HGV vehicles coming through the likes of Killarney, Car- to no, any of those spaces, you just won't see him. Like, it you know? reminds me of something they did. Callan in County Kilkenny, a town I know well, that used to be ridiculous as well years ago, where you had HGVs going over a bridge. There was only room for one of them. They bypassed Callan, and it's brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, you know, we need like to you do couldn't, this. You- yeah, and I see like over the summer there you've seen towns that have bypasses and they actually shut down their main street and they had little festivals, whether they were food festivals or just yearly festivals. Like that's not even possible here yeah. in Charvel. And we used to do it years ago for a cheese festival. But like you couldn't ask the guards now to shut down the N20. Like it's too busy, you know, and it just wouldn't be fair on either to ask the council or even the guards. So it kind of, it restricts us as a town too to have those kind of festivals and those things in the future when you're, until you get the bypass, we're very much struggling and it also affects like housing developments around the town as well because you're not going to get major housing developments coming onto a main road in 20 which yeah. you know um, you can understand why they won't give them planning Abs- Absolutely and and the forum what you're saying Evelyn is look you had this idea it was shelved in 2009 because there was no money now the money is there Let's and, and, and transport infrastructure said they'd be willing to let it go ahead let it go ahead let's do what they planned in the in the noughties yeah, and yeah, unless you know, and like it shouldn't affect the M20 eventually, the big motorway. We still need that, and as I say, our town has grown a hundred percent in twenty years. Our population was about two and a half thousand twenty years ago. We're hitting now. In the next few days, there'll be announcement. It should hit the five thousand, you know, and we're not surprised. No. So, like twenty years and no infrastructure, and the main street that we're talking about is identical to 1660 when it was designed. Oh, so it was designed for cows and people, <laughs> you know. So it definitely was not designed for 21,000 HGVs a week. Um, it just wasn't. Okay, so one more stay across, Evelyn. Thank you, Evelyn O'Keefe from the Charitable Community Forum. They want There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The, the kind of ad hoc bypass that was there forever they've been using over the years they want to widen that and make it more accessible but in 2009 they had this idea for a bigger loop that would be much better and that's what the community forum said do it the money wasn't there 
in 2009, but the money is there now. 0818969696. Now, this is a report that made lead in all the morning news bulletins and on the morning newspapers. And this was one in four primary school children cyberbullied in the last 12 months. And some of the statistics that I'm reading here, and we'll talk more about it in just a sec, is 93% of primary school children aged between 8 and 12, 93% have their own smartphone. And 84% have their own social media account. In secondary school, 98% of those they surveyed for this own a smartphone. So with that comes dangers. This is a, a report called Trends and Usage from Cyber Safe Kids. And they chart about 5,000 children, so it's a pretty decent sample size. And some of the things they found really need to be a, a call for action to push back against cyberbullying. Alex Cooney is the CEO of Cyber Safe Kids. Alex, the, the, long, we're long past the point where we can say to people, don't give your children smartphones. It's just the reality now that children have them. So now we need to prepare the world to be safer for children, for 98% of kids with smartphones. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I mean, I think what we are doing each year when we publish this data is highlighting the extent to which children are online and the extent to which they have access to, uh, to things like social media, to gaming, what they're doing on those platforms uh, that maybe puts them in harm's way. So we feel that we have highlighted this issue year on year for quite some time. And we do need to be a bit more forward looking. We do need to take action because when we send children without adequate preparation into the online world, we are essentially failing them. So we really need to get to grips with this uh, before it really gets out of hand. One in four primary kids. That's what that is. One in four had been cyberbullied. Cyberbullying takes many forms. What are the most common? Yes, it Yeah, it does. So the 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 experiences that we outline in our survey that about cyberbullying are things like being left out of a, of a chat group, uh, receiving mean messages online, uh, on, uh, mean messages being posted about you, fake accounts being set up in your name, uh, videos and photos of you being shared without your consent. It's those sorts of actions that constitute cyberbullying. And as you say, uh, a significant proportion of children in primary school, 25%, and then 40%, which is even more alarming, of secondary school children are experiencing this. Yeah. Girls more likely to be victims than boys, but boys less likely to come forward and talk about it so that kind of we don't like we know that a huge number of girls victimized we don't know how many boys do we really well it is exactly if they don't come forward and tell a trusted adult um i i you know these are self-reports so the survey is filled in by children themselves so we hope that they're as honest as possible in the survey uh, but certainly we know that they're not taking affirmative action or or a significant proportion of them are not taking affirmative action when this is happening to them so they're not coming forward and telling a trusted adult which is a really key measure to, to helping it stop mm. now the minister for education is in the headlines at the moment alex um Norma Foley with an idea that schools would come together to ditch ditch smartphones, at least have them left at home or left in a locker or left in one of these new special bags you can use. 
she's not going to legislate for it. She kind of wants schools to buy into it themselves. Would you think legislation might be necessary? Well, I think there's a couple of things on this one. So first of all, this is actually an action that was started by schools and parent communities themselves. So we saw it happen in Greystones. We've saw, seen uh, Waterford follow yes. suit. And, you know, you hear of other schools around the country also following suit. And we know that Minister Foley and, and Minister Donnelly have come out in support of these initiatives. So it's it's not being led by the government, but they are supportive. And that's great. And I know uh, Minister Foley is concerned and I know Minister Donnelly is concerned. I've had conversations with them about this. But we need to go further than words of support. We need to really focus on how we can equip children to be safe and smart in these online spaces. And that's going to require really comprehensive education. And, and so that's it. Whilst I applaud schools and parent communities, this is do, they're doing exactly what they should be. They're coming together, they're talking, and they're trying to do the right thing by their children. And holding off on giving children smart devices is definitely a good idea. However, in terms of the government, I feel they do need to go further. Yeah, like, would should they legislate? You can't bring smartphones into a school. I mean, I think I'm not sure legislation is necessarily what it's about. But what I would like to see is is uh, uh, policies and and uh, uh, around education and what level of education we're putting into schools. I, you know, I'm delighted to see them support this move around the country for schools. But it's more on the education side where I would like to see them put their support and their resources. Yeah. The very worst of it, of course, Alex, occurs after school hours. I mean, the government have no have no control of what happens after school hours. Um, that, when it becomes a parent's responsibility. And I think a very clear message from you, from what you have in your research is, if you have given your child a smartphone, your job is to help them be safe as a parent. Oh, absolutely. There is a huge role for parents to play here. And it is very important that that their children are getting the support, the guidance that they need from the very outset. So even before you've handed over that device, you, you know, that those conversations are taking place, the parental controls are on the device, you know, that you're keeping an eye on what they're doing. And once they get their own devices, that that is ongoing. Obviously, as children get older, as they enter their teenage years, it will get a little harder and parents may need to step back a bit in terms of the, the more invasive kind of um, guidance, but they, they can still have those conversations and those become even more important about, you know, what's real, what's not real, what's appropriate, what, you know, things that have happened online that maybe it's worth talking through, you know, you know re- really focusing on empowering and protecting children in, in the online world. A lot of parents will say, I just don't understand that world. I, I don't even know how to use a smartphone myself. No, not, not an excuse Absolutely. anymore, I would have thought, Alex. You, it's, if your child has an iPhone or an Android phone or a tablet or an iPad, it's your job to learn how that thing works, I would say. I, I, but I, I hear that all the time. In fact, I had a conversation with a parent just this morning uh, saying the very same thing, you know, uh, how, how difficult it is and, and, and how hard it is to, to, to find the right balance and, and not, not feeling technically savvy enough to do it. So I do sympathize. I'm a parent myself. I have a 13 and 11 year old. I know it's challenging. You can't sit next to them for, you know, 24 hours a day, but there are plenty of things that you can be doing. And I think that's the message we need to be getting out there. There are really, yeah, simple steps that you can take as a parent that w- will make a difference. So what we need to do is equip parents to make them feel more supported in this. So we need public awareness campaigns. We need to support those with resources. So we're getting these messages out in a really 
a strong and national way to uh, like as a, as in across the board so that we're really getting this message across to parents to all parents that they, they do need to engage with their children support their children have continuous conversations put in place boundaries you know this is something we focus focused on the report. We asked children what kind of rules they had at home or when they could go online. You know, and nearly a third of primary school children are telling us they can go online whenever they want. This rises to over 70% of, of secondary school children. You know, we do need parents to really actively keep an eye on what their children are doing, put in place appropriate boundaries around use and access. You know, these are simple things that we can do that will make a difference. And they can look up your website, for example, Cyber Safe Kids and find out more. Lastly, uh, and briefly, Alex, uh, one word that jumped out of what I was reading this morning, grooming. And that is the most insidious use of smartphones. Yeah, that is a really really dark end of the spectrum and unfortunately we have seen such rises in grooming cases uh, largely since the pandemic since those periods of lockdown we've seen and this is across the board so all the agencies that monitor these cases so uh, hotline.ie in ireland uh, the iwf the internet watch foundation in the uk uh, the NECMEC in the us these are all monitoring uh, uh, these cases across the board and they are reporting rises exponential rises not just in in grooming but attempts of grooming uh, enticement of children online you know these are all on the rise so th- this i suppose it really reiterates the need to ensure that children are going to be better equipped going into these online spaces so they're more wary of, of, of people that they don't know online and they're not sharing information with them. But we also need to put the onus, and, and we haven't maybe talked enough about that, but that we need to put that onus back onto the online services that host these, yeah. these, these services, provide these online spaces. We need to ensure that they are doing everything that they can to make those online spaces that they create safer for children. And I can categorically say that right now that is not the case. Yeah. They, they could be doing a whole lot more. A lot, an awful lot of them are headquartered here or have massive bases here. That sounds to me like a government role. And it is. And we do have legislation. So since December, we have the Online Safety and Media uh, Regulation Act. We also have European legislation, which has just um, been enforced, which is the Digital Services Act. And now in Ireland, we have an online safety commissioner and we have a digital services commissioner who was just appointed in July. So we have the potential to, to really change this and to, to hold those online services to, to account. We just need to make sure we get it right, that we're seeing the impact of that. And, you know, I know that the, the currently the, the online safety commissioner has been um, looking for inputs into the first online safety code. Uh, so it will be really interesting to see how that space evolves because we definitely need to changes there. Okay, we'll talk again I've no doubt. Alex Cooney, CEO of Cyber Safe Kids on that report. Look, if, if your children have smartphones if you gave them one for communion, if you gave them one for confirmation it's your job partly at least to make sure they're safe on it. Cyber Safe Kids is a, just a huge uh, number of different resources there. Another one is be, be safe online be secure online rather as many of them, as many of them. And Avril at Trend Micro is always saying it's the parents' job to keep across what their kids are doing. I mentioned confirmations, and they might give your child a phone or a device for confirmations. Now, this is in Dublin at the moment. It came up on Facebook, and it's kind of flying around Facebook and WhatsApp in Dublin. But if it's happening in Dublin, sure, it's only a hop, skip, and a jump before it happens here. So there's a message going around from a parish in Dublin with regard to 
confirmations next year. I know, I know, I know. April 2024, confirmation season. And it is a message sent out to parents from a parish which said the current situation forces us to increase the required donation across the preparation programs. We're asking families to contribute a hundred euro to support the preparation and celebration of the sacraments. The donation can be made in full or in monthly contribution. It has to be made at registration. So we've won at least one parish in Dublin asking for a hundred euro donation at the start of the confirmation year to assist in preparation for the event. Now, if it's happening in Dublin, <laughs> it'll happen in Cork. Just putting you wide. Just putting you wide. If you have a confirmation child for next year, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's only it's only September, and we're talking about confirmations in probably April, March, April. And communions in May. But it'll come around. Has anybody gotten those letters yet? Or any word of it going around Cork? Places looking, schools looking, parishes looking for large donations to help in the preparation of confirmation for next year. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The Cork Diary. Cork's 96 FM. The Big Splash for Aware takes place on Saturday the 23rd of September. Join people all over Cork and take a dip at your favourite swim spot to support mental health. Register today at aware.ie forward slash splash and receive your exclusive swimming hat to proudly demonstrate your support on the day. Please remember to swim safely. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie Join the conversation! Text or WhatsApp 0833 96 96 96 This is the Opinion Live with PJ Cook. Cork's 96FM Something I forgot to mention, that confirmation message that's going around Dublin right? they're saying donation donation my granny because you have to give it to them to register the child I forgot to mention that when I had the thing in front of me so it's not a do- if you have to give it to them it's not a donation, it's a payment 0818, we'll see if it comes to Cork 0818969696 now Geraldine Geraldine, Geraldine, you gave me the ick this morning so you did with that bread. How old is that bread? Morning. Good morning. <laughs> that bread that bread was two days old. Ugh. It's I, I feel so stupid now listening to such serious conversations with you this morning. Well, no, but it's this is what's I, bothering you, and I can tell you it's bothering other people too, because I have seen that happen in my house, Geraldine. It's terrible. I, I, I actually put it up just as a rant because I wanted to know was I the only one it was happening to? Every, every time you buy bread, now it's not just bread, it's a lot of things, but bread, I bought it on Thursday. The the, the use by date or the end of dying date was the second, which was Saturday. And we just, I just opened it and put it into the toaster. And when I took it out and turned it over to butter it, it was not just spotted mould, it was thick with mould. Yeah. And then I went to the whole slice pan and it was thick with mould and it's happening 
all the time. Yeah, you, you just to, more re- bread. Remind, to tell listeners, maybe we'll share the picture. You you went to open your sliced pan and there's all these what? spots of mould, some on the edge, some right through the middle. And the use-by date was the 2nd, which was, yeah. uh, that was uh, Saturday. That was the, that Sa- was the and day. And this, happened, this yeah. happened to you Thursday. No, we had eaten the bread. I bought it on Thursday. The date on it was the 2nd because you have to check the date on everything now because they're trying mm. to con us up to our eyes. And are, but, are they, was it now, very important question, Geraldine, was it, yes. was it a use-by or a best-before? Oh, best before. Best before. So best before means it should still be perfectly no, good to eat. It should be perfectly good to eat. And then it should be fresh to eat on Saturday and it should do toast for a day or two Indeed. after. Indeed. Indeed. And if you're one of these people that makes that hideous concoction bread and butter pudding, it should that it should yes, do that on Monday. I I would rather I no, I would rather I would rather eat my own eyeballs. Then that stuff. Oh, I know. I know some I people do. I know some people do, but still. But no, uh, no, I see this. Are you one of these people? Um, confession time here, because I am. That when you're going for a slice pan, you're the one who goes into the back of the rack and you're squeezing it a little bit. Give it a little squeeze. Well, see, it's nice and soft. I, I wouldn't squeeze it, but I check the dates. I'll I'll go back to the back to check that I get the freshest one yeah. that's there. Oh, I'd be giving yeah. it a little squeeze. I'd be giving it a little squeeze to see is it all right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's they're no, not all right. They're not all right. And I've, I've found and it that. Does it matter? Yeah. And, it, and I've tried all breads. Yeah. And pe- yeah, so people I would say, "Oh no, if you're going, if you're going to go to deer bread, yeah, if you're going to go the cheap bread, the old, own brand bread, it just it happens just as handy as it ha- with with the expensive bread. With the expensive bread, it's all the same. I don't know what they're doing to it. Before you'd look at it and you'd say, "What preservatives are they putting in it? Because it's lasting too long." No. I don't know what they're doing to it because it's not lasting at all. And when I put that up and had my little rant, the amount of people that answered it and the amount of people that I've spoken to that are buying half slice pans because they're throwing out the full one. Mm -hmm. There's more going to the bin. You wouldn't even give it to the birds with the mould on it. It's true. It's It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I, I, I just, I can't understand it. It drives me mad. Yeah. And like, what are they doing to it? I've tried leaving it in the package. I've tried taking it out and putting it in a container. It doesn't matter. It no. doesn't matter. If you freeze, I was blaming well, freezing it. That's that's the only thing. And then it's not you can't do it. I've actually made lunch for my partner tonight, and when he's opened it in the morning, it's been mouldy and he couldn't ah. eat it. Oh God. Imagine that. So it goes it goes mouldy overnight. Yeah, and they would be in the fridge. Jesus. And when yeah. he'd open it, he'd say, I couldn't eat that this morning, it was mouldy. Why would you give me mouldy bread? It wasn't mouldy when I made it. <laughs> I know, it's I know. No, and it can ridiculous. go. No, oh, listen. Where was I? Be like you now. And sometimes when I get in at home at lunchtime, I'd be fierce partial to a to a slice of toast. And I know. I, I do it like that now. Drop two slices into the toaster. One one day last week, and yeah. took it out. And there's this great big green spot that I completely missed when I was putting it in. And I have dogs really? that love toast, and I wouldn't even give it to them. You couldn't? Oh, God. No, no. It's this happening. Tar- and the top two slices might be all right. And then you go for the next two. Yes. And you're after eating the top two, and the mouldy one's underneath. That's and then right. you're puking. Right. I don't know, yeah. And, and you could say, right, take out the, the mouldy bits or chop off, chop off the mouldy oh. crust. No. 
No. God. We were never no. that we were never that stuck. <laughs> no. Jared, thank you very much, Gerardine. What is happening with our bread though? She's right. It doesn't last half as long as it used to. And don't be telling me that you're buying cheap supermarket owned brand bread. Yes, I do buy cheap supermarket owned brand bread. But I also buy the more expensive ones, stuff like the you name any brand name you want. They'll all probably sue me if I do, but you know yourself. The most ex- even the most expensive ones are going mouldy um, within seconds of their best before date. So she's onto something with the mouldy bread. Is our Gerard? There's a lovely name, Gerardine. I knew I knew someone called Gerardine a very long time ago, but I haven't heard it in years. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Yeah, lots of people have noticing that the bread is not what it was. Certainly isn't what it was. Bernie says, whatever they're putting into it, the colour has changed and everything. I even got onto the company and they said it was due to the blockade on grain coming out of Ukraine and they had to change things. That's all very well, but they need to look at how they're handling it because someone is going to get sick. They need to adjust it in the way the bread doesn't go so mouldy. It's actually worse with gluten-free bread and celiacs can get very sick if their bread is wrong. Thank you, Bernie. Uh, tell that lady freeze the bread. We freeze all of our McCambridge bread as it gets little white lumps very quickly. Uh, tips for getting the freshest bread says Maria, count four days from today and you'll get longer out of your sliced pan. A woman told me that while I was shopping. Something I love to do at the weekend is go to get these little crusty rolls, little white crusty rolls and we make we make a thing called tostada with them. It's toast them and you crush down the tomatoes and whatever. It's lovely. It's a Spanish breakfast. And um, we are we have our own tomatoes in our own garden. I just dropped that one in. Anyway, these little rolls, you get them in actually Centra and Super Value and their bakeries in there. And they used to last you till about Tuesday. So you get a packet of four and it's still have one left for Monday morning or Tuesday morning. But if you don't eat them, if you buy them on Sunday now and you don't eat them on Sunday, they're like hockey pucks by Monday afternoon. You could use them to, to as target practice in the garden. Like they're like rocks. But that's just a by the way. 0818 96 96 96. The Ryder Cup. I see where uh, the team is complete now for the Ryder Cup in Rome. Looking forward to watching that on the telly at the end of the month. Uh, Shane Lowry got his place. It would be silly not to put him in there. But... Here in Ireland, there's hardly a room to be had for accommodation around the Ryder Cup when it comes to Adair Manor. You think, okay, PJ, well, what's unusual about that? It's not coming to Adair Manor until 2027. And there's barely accommodation to be had. People are already taking deposits of €12,000 on renting a five-bedroom house for the duration 
and getting 40,000 for it. Like mega bucks changing hands to rent accommodation four years ahead of the Ryder Cup. Neil Cotter is uh, head of news of the Irish Sun. Neil, this is astonishing, isn't it? Huge money already changing hands before even a club is swung on this year's Ryder Cup. Good morning. Good, good morning, PJ. Yeah, it's quite extraordinary. I think um, we first reported in late 2021 that this was happening and that houses were being made available. And I mean, that's all very well and good, making your house available six years ahead of the event. But now what we're seeing is that uh, guests, the visitors are actually starting to pay for them. So you're paying a, a, a 30% uh, upfront deposit uh, four or five years before the event even begins and we still don't forget we have the Ryder Cup coming up obviously you've just mentioned it there the end of this month and then you've got another one in the States in two years time so there's still uh, there's still two two iterations of this uh, competition take place before mm. the, uh, this uh, comes to a dare manner so it is quite extraordinary yeah. Even some of the top golfers are putting down deposits like I see where Matt Fitzpatrick already has money down on a house the US Open yeah. I mean he, he, Okay, one assumes if he's still at the height of his powers, he will be playing in 2027. But like it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but what if he isn't? I mean, there's a lot of golf to be played between now and 2027. And yes, so he we've been told that he's he's in negotiations for for a base over here. Because like you have to bear in mind, it's not only the, the players and their teams. You've got an enormous media presence. You've got huge uh, amount of corporate uh, people coming over way more so than in 2006 when it was on in the Cape Club because yeah. the Americans post 9-11 uh, you know the Americans still weren't travelling in, in as great a numbers but you know they're very much back 40,000 of them were in, were in Dublin um, a couple of weekends ago for uh, the American football they're very much back they're going to be travelling here in, in huge numbers and we don't actually know what the prices will be for the let's say that the high-end hotels, but we can be fairly certain that they're going to be extraordinarily high um, for 2027. So what these people are doing in um, the, at, at the moment, there's about, I'd say about 150 listings um, across Cork, Tip, Kerry, Clare, Limerick um, for this. And people are charging up to 60,000 euro. I found one for as little as 14,000 euro um, in Ennis for a three-bed townhouse. It's not all the high-end, but most of it is is 40,000 plus. It's mm. a huge amount of money, but when you compare it to what you would probably spend in a hotel, it, and, and if you're going in a group, it's probably going to be money well spent. Did I see one place advertised with space to land a helicopter? Yeah, um, more than one, actually. Yeah, Crikey. we reported one in... in um, yeah, there's one in Tralee and there's one in Charleville. Uh, which is quite close to Dare Manor, so I don't know if you'd need your helicopter, but it's—I mean—the options there. If you if you want to rent a helicopter, the, the options there. Same in Tralee. I mean, there's the, the yeah. Tralee is obviously it's it's a decent decent spin from a Dare Manor, but you have if you have your chopper with you. I mean, I don't ten know or fifteen minutes, not even, there. Not even ten minutes, <laughs> ten or fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, they're saying they're saying that 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 the type of person who's going to rent this house is someone. It, it's probably going to be an American person, Um they are going to want to play a lot of golf themselves. So if you've got a, a house that happens to be near some championship golf courses and, you know, within 90 minutes of a dare manor, but then you're, you're, you're sitting potentially on a, on a you're serious laughing. gold mine. Yeah. 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 I mean, imagine, yeah, I mean if, like, imagine if you have a decent house with, a, with space for a helicopter and you're only over <laughs> the road from Ballybunion, for example. Well, this is it. And then you've got, um, 
you know, if you if you still have a mortgage, you're looking at two years paid off your mortgage just for the sake of a week. If you, if you can get out for a week, oh, then then get, I don't get, see why more people won't get do Get yourself it. to Lanzarote and... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Lord. It's, um, it, it, but it is how the other half live, though, isn't it, Neil? I read a piece oh, about... So, this, yeah. My local in Douglas, there's a, there's a picture of Shane Lowry and it's only, what, it's three or four years ago. It's pre-COVID, this one. And even pre-COVID, the guy had like 20 million bucks in the bank. Like yeah. the, we, we've yeah. no idea, do we, how much money these fellas have? No, um, but even even still, and I know they've, they, they, are, they earn a huge amount of money, but if you're Matt Fitzpatrick, I don't know, maybe I'm being a bit... Uh, bit tight here but if you're, if you're Matt Fitzpatrick and all the other guys and it's four years in advance do you want to be handing over 20,000 euro today for something that you mightn't even turn up for in four years time or you mightn't qualify in four years time I know I, I probably I'm not thinking like a like a, a champion well, golfer here at all I'm thinking well, bear in mind, right? yeah but what, what <laughs> was it what did he win for the US Open yeah, wasn't it? it was but two million, million dollars or something. Two million, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like 20, I mean, 20 grand is lunch money to these fellas. Yeah. And then you're going to have the likes of Michael Jordan. Um, you know, people like that. They've got very uh, high profile supporters that will go to all yeah. the riders, celebrity yeah, supporters who will come and, over. So yeah. it's a very good chance that Michael Jordan could find himself living in a you know a five bed mansion in Charleville or something in twenty twenty seven. You just you just don't know. And you, the people who fill the corporate tents, I was looking at just purely browsing on the phone one night when I saw the the corporate prices for Rome. Like there's one particular corporate clubhouse over there, and it is nine thousand dollars a day. Oh, yeah, <laughs> extraordinary. On. But having said that, having said that, there's there's maybe slightly better value to be had over in Rome. If you're if you're booking now this week to head over at the end of September, you, you could get somewhere uh, near to the to, to the venue, which is just outside Rome, for about fifteen hundred a night okay. for 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 a house. So I mean, as always, there is better value elsewhere. <laughs> so we're probably paying we're probably paying high the 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 top rates here. Yeah. But again, if people don't want to pay it, they won't pay they it. They won't. They won't. And if you've ever been, like, you remember, you, you mentioned the K-Club. I, I happened to be around there, not for the event itself, but in the run-up. I just mm. drove up for news just to see what the build-up was like. Like, we really have no idea of the size of something like the Ryder Cup, do we? Yeah. No, we don't. I mean, like, the, the, the Irish Open is on this week. It's a, it's a big event. Founders event. It's the biggest event in, it, it, yeah, it's the biggest event in, in Irish golf. But again, if you want to uh, do something similar, there's beds available or there's houses available for between nine and 10,000 10, euro in Stratton and, and Maynooth. So, I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it, it's a lot, but it's nowhere near Ryder Cup yeah. level. And, and I think during the K Club, um, or sorry, during the Ryder Cup in 2006, I think houses were going for 100,000. Uh, around the K Club, so I mean, it's just an mm. extraordinary large event. Um, I, I can't wait for the entire matter one. Not that I'm going to get a ticket for it, but I mean, it's just going to be off the charts. Absolutely, right, Neil. Thank you, Neil Cotter, uh, head of news at the Irish Sun. So looking forward to it, the, the Ryder Cup. It's just the most brilliant thing to watch on television at the end of of September. Um, but like, this is mega bucks. Mega bucks, but you have no idea how big it is until you see the size of it. If it's like Wimbledon, there were people Wimbledon in London and the general surrounding area. Like people move out of Wimbledon for 
the two weeks of the tennis and they rent out their houses and they're not renting them out to the Novak Djokovic's of this world or to the Andy Murray's or the Coco Goff's or the Emma Raducanu's, any of these people. They're renting them out to very ordinary players. And you're moving out of a house in in Wimbledon or the surrounding sort of couple of square miles. You're moving out. You're off to Lanzarote or wherever you're going for for the couple of weeks and your house, you're practically paying off a year's mortgage by renting out your house for the couple of weeks. Like this mega bucks. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Right. More bread. PJ, just looking at my bread here. Got it Friday in Duns and Mallow, eighty nine cents. It's perfect. Brown sliced. Uh it's better. Um, best before the fifth. Most of the breads are frozen before they're put on the shelves now. So is the milk. Really? Okay. Fields bread from Skib is the best, says Ian. Thank you, Ian. 0818969696. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox96 FM. The Cork Diary. Cork's 96FM. The Teddy Daly Memorial in aid of pancreatic cancer research will take place on Sunday the 17th of September. A virtual event. People are encouraged to get involved by walking, running, cycling or your activity of choice and help raise vital funds for breakthrough cancer research. To donate and to register, go to breakthroughcancer.ie. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. And says, ah, Jesus, PJ, make a bloody bread and butter pudding out of the stale bread. And I would rather drink yesterday's pint. Uh, seriously. I I don't know what it is. Uh, people say I'm not a proper corkman because I hate the stuff. It always reminded me of taking a sliced pan and dipping it in the water at the end of the dishwasher, throwing in a few raisins and baking it. I cannot... Stop, Anne. Like I said, I would rather drink yesterday's pint than drink bread and butter pudding. But there you go, each to their own. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. On this thing that's going around with a hundred euro donation, it has confirmation classes in Dubliner are after getting this request for a donation of a hundred euro to support the preparation and celebration of the sacraments. Um. It'll get here. If it's in Dublin, it'll get here. But Sarah sent us a voice note, 2083 396 96 PJ, my children go to a multi-denominational school in Cork and they do the sacraments outside of school hours. So we've always had to pay a €100 Euro, um, donation to the teacher, to the parish, in order to do this. And I think it probably will increase and it probably will be uh, widespread because the Catholic Church are obviously trying to weed out the people who are just getting the sacraments. And to be honest, it's probably fair enough um, because eventually I do think the sacraments will die out and it will be only the people that do go to Mass week in, week out that will be getting them. And religion will probably be done outside of school, in all schools, which I think is probably a good thing. Thanks, Sarah. That's Sarah's take on it. She's always had to pay the donation because her kids go to a multi-denom school and the sacraments are carried on outside. I don't think that applies to the place in Dublin. But thank you, 
Thank you, Sarah. 0818969696. My only thing is, if it's a hundred euro that you have to pay, it's not a it's not a donation. It's a fee. And why not just call it a fee? Would be would be my response. Now we're talking about golf and, and the Ryder Cup, and I was watching uh, this unfold on a social media. Um, Ian St. John, you got caught up, Ian, in rather a nasty situation at Cork Airport. You you fell foul of Ryanair. Ian, tell me about this. It's it's not just a, a regular wheelchair that you have, is it? Good morning. Good morning, Peter. Thanks for having me on. No, it's a, it's a power golfer machine, so it allows me to basically stand up and um, play golf. Now, there's other many, many health benefits apart from golf. Sure. But um, now I brought this with Erlingus before, no problem. I sent in the same um, dimensions to Ryanair on Friday morning. I heard nothing back. Um, and, on, and on that form, when you fill it in and you send it off, there, what they what they say, and I quote, the information you provide would be reviewed by our dedicated special assistance team. If they require any further details, they will contact you by email or, or telephone. Please ensure that contact information is correct. Maybe, maybe we start at the start of it, Ian, and we'll come back to that 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 part. Yeah. Of it. So, so you you use a, a wheelchair, I, I and you play. You play, are you a pro golfer or a semi pro golfer? No, no, I'm I'm a PJ professional, but about fifteen years. Okay. Um, I was I was director of golf at um uh, at Rush Golf Club up in in Dublin. Okay. Um, when unfortunately I had spinal cancer seven years ago, and obviously you know I was I beat the cancer if you want. Good man. To do that, but Fair play. Still, still, still left so in the chair. You're left in the chair, and this yeah. chair then doubles as a facility for you to continue to play golf, which I'm delighted to hear. That's that's brilliant, and it what is it? It lifts you mm. up so you can play. Is that what it is? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and okay. put the golf clubs on the side of it, and 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 off I go. It's 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 pretty. It's a lifesaver. Sure it is. I'm, sure, I'm sure it is. You know, I'm I'm a professional golfer. Obviously, golf is my life, and here I am back playing again. When I, I only Absolutely. got this uh, machine about two years ago, so it's it's amazing, wonderful. And with professional golf comes travel. So when you are looking to go somewhere, anywhere. There's a procedure that, you know, I, I have a friend who's a wheelchair user, an electric wheelchair user, so she mm. has to go through a rigmarole every time she wants to travel. So, supposing mm. you decide you want to travel somewhere with your, with your machine, what's the procedure you go through? Well, at the time of booking, uh, there's a little drop-down um, um, box there that says it's, it's uh, special assistance, so you click into that. Um, and it goes to wheelchair. Now, by law, you're allowed to bring a manual and an electric. So um, the manual is fine. That's great. The electric, there's just certain dimensions, specifications that um, airlines have as to uh, the limit. So mine is under the limit. It was under the limit of what Ryanair had looked uh, for. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gone on the flight. Sure. Um, so I sent them all in. I see. Oh. He's dropped, has he, lads? No, no, no. I thought you were there. So you sent on the details of the of yes. what you want to... And then I take it that the chair goes into the hold, does it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then, and you so lose... I, I arrived at the, the airport, um, no issue, no one from Ryanair there, it's just operated by Swiftport, lovely people. Mm. Um, so I just got off the, the main 
a paragolf, which was called, jumped into my wheelchair and offered security and using something. And that's kind of when everything started then. But, but there was no issue when I was dropping it in, none okay. whatsoever. And I didn't expect any. I see. I see. And you'd done all your paperwork and everything was okay. Yeah. So yeah. when did you realize there was going to be a problem? Uh, I was having some teas and I heard my name being called uh, over the phone. I said to go to um, Gate 5. So there I met uh, with uh, a member of the, the Swiftport staff who said that um, uh, it, there was no way that was going to get on board, that it was outside the dimensions, I hadn't filled out a form, um, which was, you know, rubbish. I, I had filled out everything. Um, so, like, I mean, I, I, I did everything that was required. Right. Um, I don't know why they weren't going to let it on. I don't. Under, I still don't understand why. It's inside the dimensions. I have done everything right. Why did they not want it on yeah. board? I yeah. don't know. And, 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 and even at that, the way I had left it, I, I even told the the staff there that, look, if you, the, the, the backrest can collapse by about another 10 or 15 centimeters. And I said that the, the wheel at the back, if you can turn that inward, which is easy to do, that will give you another 10 or 15 centimeters. So, I mean, everything in, in, in my book was perfect. Yeah. Um, but Ryanair then, um, through Swiftport, um, they, the Swiftport staff said, no, um, they said, you never filled out the form yesterday. And that Ryanair had tried to contact me by email on Saturday, the day this is all happening. Now, I have no email from Ryanair. Right. Nothing. Absolutely and, and nothing. Now, well, as soon as you have proof of your form. I did a staff member there with, with my email address and my phone number. I said, please just get into room. Sure, I want to get this sorted. They never rang. Right. Someone online wondering, Ian, <clears throat> is it that the battery, sometimes there's a battery <laughs> issue yeah. with these? No. And I, I can't, I suppose, look, I post the thing on social media there and, and it's, it's gone viral or whatever you call it, but... This has nothing to do with the batteries. I can't keep saying that. Nothing to do with the batteries. The batteries are rechargeable, dry cell batteries. Yeah. They're 2 by 12 volt batteries. There's no liquid in them. They're not problematic for air freight or, freight or, or transportation or anything like that. They're integrated in the machine. They mm. don't need extra storage space. It's nothing to do with the batteries. Absolutely right. nothing to do with the batteries. I, I showed them a form, I think whatever it is from the FAA, that says the batteries are fine. So I like I mean I bring this stuff just in case it's needed. And I showed this this to the staff. There's no issue with the batteries. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you'd paid extra as well for premium taxi transport and like that was all went to waste and you were you were trying to get to a yeah. competition, were you, Ian? Yeah, there's a there's a tournament on in uh, Formby Hall. That's actually starting today. So I was getting to a practice round yesterday. Um, I booked to go to Liverpool to to Anfield to watch them against uh, Aston Villa. I mean, uh, tickets for you know matches like these are are near impossible to get, but for a wheelchair user, someone's disabled, they're impossible. And it's just by chance that I, would, I managed to get one. So I had everything set up. I mean, I, I have to get specialized taxis to bring me and the paragolfer uh, from London to the event, which is on a farming hall. It's about 25 miles. So that takes an awful lot of work because you have to go through, you know, taxi companies. Yeah. I even went through removal companies. The rest, and I found a guy on Thursday. And once I had him, then I booked the flight. So people might be wondering, what the hell is he booking so late for if he's going on Monday? I only um, 
was con- I only got confirmation from Liverpool, the wheelchair or the taxi service, and we were, that they were going to take it. Mm. So once I had that confirmed, then it booked the yeah, There's meticulous planning and all. As I said, I know I have a friend oh, who, yeah. who uses a wheelchair and she comes over home yeah. at Christmas and she starts to, the meticulous planning involved and she would fly with Ryanair and she said, like, everything mm. has to be planned to the last. You'd done all this mm. and yet they wouldn't let you mm. on the flight. Yeah. So, so there you were at Cork Airport, no one willing to fly you anywhere. What did you do? Well, I, I, look, I mean, I got very, very panicky. I was like, you know, what am I going to... The, the, the Swiftport staff, they were embarrassed. They were upset. I mean, the team leader um, had said that three of the, the team, including himself, were after getting sick. I mean, me telling you this, uh, PJ, I mean, it sounds of an embellishment of a story. It sounds dramatic, but this is what happened. I have never witnessed anything like this. So when this all happened, I was wondering... Well, where what am I going to do? Um, you know, I the specialized that the flight the flight's been delayed by three hours. So I have the specialized taxis over in Liverpool ringing me at the same time I'm trying to start this whole situ- oh, so situation out. You know, so I've no way of getting home. How do I get the machine back to tomorrow? The the machine, the power golfer, is still down at Cork Airport. It's still down there. I'm back in tomorrow now, so I'm hopefully going to go down on Thursday to collect it. We're after rent a van and bring it down. But, like, I mean, I was on where I'm going to stay. This is half 11 at night, uh, PJ. So where do I go? How do I transfer all my luggage? Can I get an alternative flight out tomorrow? But if I need that, I'll need to get to Dublin. And if I get to Dublin, I know Aer Lingus will take the the, the, the Paragolfer. Never any issue before. I mean, I was, I mean, the, this is my livelihood. It's, it, I, all I want to do is compete. Of course. You know, I got to represent Ireland for the first time in the European Championships in Holland. I brought the machine with me by earnings. Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. Couldn't do enough for me. You know, so it's it's devastating. That Have the, you heard this, anything back from Ryanair? <laughs> Ryanair rang me on Sunday and all they could do was apologise and apologise. And uh, say that they'd refund me uh, the the fees. Yeah, that that was it. Now uh, I, the they were claiming. The, sorry to cut across. Right. Were, mm. There's a bit of a delay in line. They had their. What they said was, if I understand correctly, was that you hadn't filled out the paperwork, and you hadn't booked, if you want, you hadn't booked the paragolfer through properly. But you had, and I mm. presume you could prove it. So did they say anything yeah. about that big mistake that they'd made? No, no, well, you see, that, and this is the thing, the pictures that they are using as kind of evidence, if you want, that's my phone in the picture. That is me showing the staff at Swiftport um, on the on the Saturday. And you can see the time on it, on the picture, it's half so, ten. And I, that's me showing them. God, you were able to prove They're using them. my pictures against oh, me. You were <laughs> able to prove that you had the booking. Yeah, no, no, this is the thing, right? When you fill out this form, Right. Okay. And you put in the dry cell batteries, you put down the dimensions and everything like that. You hit a button um, that's named validate. Now, yeah. once you hit that, it doesn't go to your sent um, uh, email or anything like that. But PJ, why in God's name would I not send on this information? I do it all the time. I did do it Friday morning. You know, I gave them all the information they needed. I mean, a trip like this costs, and it's not really to do with the money because I'm, I, I just. I was to just going to ask you that question, Ian. How much would all of this have cost you routinely? But, uh, but uh, yeah, look, 
taking into account food for the week and everything like that and the specialized taxis, the trip up and down to Liverpool, hotel, about two and a half grand. So I'm not going to go down to Cork and bring my machine down without putting any of this information through. As you said there a few minutes ago, everything is meticulous. It's arduous. You do it because you just want to be everything to be easy when you get to the airport and get on the, on the flight. And I've done this, I don't know how many times, never an issue before until Saturday down in Cork. And all they offered was a refund. And did they did they actually say we're sorry? Did they actually say we lost your form? Did they say anything? No. What? No, 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 no. No, they apologised on uh, Saturday. But I mean, if you see the statement that they sent out, there's no apology. It's all they regret sincerely what happened. And but it was they're saying in the statement that it was my fault. Now they've also said that they, I think they offered a transfer to the next available Ryanair fl- flight free of charge, subject to travelling. That is a lie. They didn't offer me anything. They left me high and dry, a a wheelchair person at half 11 on a Saturday night. They left me. Left me. And it was their fault, their incompetence. Only the Swiftport staff were helpful. I was in a state because, I mean... Yeah, no, because I know the, for for reasons um, best left between ourselves, I know how good the disability services are at Cork Airport. Oh, They're highly specialised. In fact, they're very highly regarded. Mm. Uh, I don't know what I called, I'll name him because he's been on the show. Eamon O'Donovan is the chap that takes great serious, um, takes it very seriously getting people with additional needs through properly. They would have been appalled by that. Oh yeah, yeah, they were, they were, they were very upset. They were crying. They were crying. I was crying. I mean, I'm yeah. never witnessed that. Like, mm-hmm. and as I said, the disability support st- um, staff at any airport I've gone to, and I've been to a good few places. Thankfully, with golf and other, they're amazing. Yeah. They're amazing. No, no, know? that's that. And then you meet the other side of it with with Ryanair. Yeah, I mean, and, it's, and, and, you know, I've missed like, out in the tournament. I've uh, missed out in world ranking points. Oh, I've missed oh, out in so much now. This uh, all, all I can say to you. Ian, is that as Cork people, we're sorry it happened in our airport. That's all we can say. <laughs> I know. know. I have a lot of relations in the Cork. I love to bits. I love Cork. And, and that's I mean, thing, it's not to do with that. Yeah, it's, a, it's an easy ride from Waterford to Cork, and, that, and that's why I picked it. Right. Um, you know, it's just, it's just easier. But right. God, <laughs> nice. yeah, yeah. Take yeah. care of yourself, Ian, and good luck with the next tournament that you managed to get to. Ian St. John, nasty experience. in, in And I would have the highest respect and regard for disability services at Cork Airport. They make it part of their USP, how good they are with it. But this was Ryanair, decided, no, he ain't going on that flight. He doesn't have his paperwork done. He had. They didn't have it. 0818969696. What a mess. What a mess. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96FM. Yeah, it was Mad Con. Thanks for that. The Four Seasons had the original of Began in 67, and then in 2007, Mad Con did it and had a decent size hit with it but that's uh, I think that's one of my favourite songs so far my favourite records so far of 2023 uh, Manskin 
and uh, and Began on Cork's 96 FM. 0818-96-96-96 on contributions. When myself and my beautiful wife got married 28 years ago, next week we had to pay, I think, £40 as a voluntary contribution. See, it wasn't if it was a contribution. It wasn't, and anyway, it was a fee. It was a fee, not a contribution, not a donation. 0818 96, 96, 96. A few other bits and pieces that are coming in. I'll do one or two more decations before we finish today. Your, your ideas are brilliant of what you wanted to do. And then, just other things. Alternative weddings and the songs that you might get played. We started off this morning with a bit, a bit of a big laugh, a huge laugh. Paul uh, wanted to march his daughter down the aisle or walk his daughter down the aisle, don't march your daughter down the aisle, walk his daughter down the aisle to this particular song. Well, it was his daughter-in-law at his son's wedding, but that didn't happen. Didn't happen, but it was a super idea. And yesterday, Megan was on, and, and Megan had a great walk-on tune, at a walk-in tune at her wedding. Yeah. And there's loads of other ideas, like, uh, who's this one? Um, I've never been up the aisle, but if I did, I'd love to play It's Matrimony by Gilbert O'Sullivan, says Ka. I Want to Break Free by Queen will be a great wedding song for the first dance. It wouldn't all. <laughs> Sunset Ridge, Frank Walsh often played there, often played on a Saturday night and didn't get home till Tuesday. Thanks to the generosity of Dennis Cronin. Yes, yes, Frank. And on occasion, there might even be a place to throw the head down. And you'd need it, thanks to the generosity of the Cronins. You're not wrong. 0818-969696. How about the idea of going down to Ballycronin Strand? Beautiful place in East Cork. And there's a little horse box there. Little blue horse box. But it's not just any old horse box. There's a sauna inside it. And there is this craze at the moment for taking a sauna and running straight out of the sauna into the sea. I think my heart would stop. I really do. I know it's a big thing. There's loads of people doing it. And there's loads of these little saunas have cropped up around the county and around the country. And it's a big health thing now, along with the sea swimming Swimming in the freezing water. You now go into... <laughs> it's not enough to swim in this freezing water. You go into a sauna and you heat yourself up and then you run into the freezing water. It all sounds a bit mad, but it's a big deal. And that little blue horse box sauna on Ballycronine Strand is Cedar and Seam, Steam Mobile Sauna and it's owned by Mike McCarthy. And Mike, you built it yourself, which is impressive, um, how did all that come about? How did you? I'd love to start. How did it all start uh, with you building this yourself? Morning. Good morning, PJ. I was fortunate enough to take a furniture making course in CSN in in Cork. Okay. And crossed paths with a very talented uh, young furniture maker by the name of Kevin Field, who's right. based in Watergrass Hill, and. We just hit it off and I had started the course really with the intention of um, honing woodwork skills with the intention of, of building my own mobile sauna. I had my horse box uh, when I started the course and when I was interviewed, I was asked about my intentions and I said I wanted to convert uh, a horse box to 
create a mobile sauna. What is the fascination? Because I know there is a fascination with mobile saunas. Like, how did you get into saunas in the first place? Just going back to my, I'm, I'm reminiscing here, but some great holidays on the, the East Coast growing up um, down in Rosslare um, mm-hmm. at, at Kelly's Hotel. And I remember being in the leisure centre and my dad would frequent the sauna and they had a plunge pool uh, outside the door of the sauna and I definitely remember a rush of uh, adrenaline or endorphins from sneaking into the, the plunge pool every now and again for a quick dip. A couple of years back I I used the sauna myself and uh, decided to, so, so the hotel is right on the water's edge yes. and I popped out to the to the tide to um, dip in the the cold Irish Sea, and um, it was an unforgettable experience. Uh, running out of the water, I've never felt so alive, really, and invigorated in my entire life. And I'm lucky enough to to have that experience now multiple times a week, if I if I wish. For me, anyway, Mike, the idea that I'd sit in the sauna and get nice and toasty and warm, and then run out into the cold sea. I'm terrified even thinking about it that my heart is going to stop. Yeah, you'll be pleasantly surprised if you do some research into the benefits of regular sauna use. Yeah. Uh, the cardiovascular health benefits are extraordinary. Right. Um, and Because plunging into the cold sea will take your breath away anyway, but, but if you are already hot inside... I can't imagine what that's like. What is that like? It's exhilarating for me personally. It's it's blissful. It's I'm, I'm almost lost for words. Really, um, I can I can hear that. Actually. Grand, granted, you're, you're struggling to find words that adequately describe the pleasure you get this, from this. This is it. Yeah, it's 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 a joyous experience. I would encourage anybody that's listening, that's you know, maybe not had the, the experience. To, to just go for it. Yeah, you know, give it a go. Um, I remember you mentioned Finland. I was in Lebanon. This is a number of years ago now. I was over making a documentary with the various um, Unifil battalions that were out there. And there was a Finnish battalion there at the time. And they had saunas on their camp. And on the coldest of mornings, and it was cold that time of year, they would take a sauna, come out, and take a freezing cold shower after it. I, I, I tried the sauna. I liked the sauna. I hadn't the guts to try the shower afterwards. It's it's as much a spiritual experience as it is, um, you know, a mental and physical experience. It's it's really it it encompasses. Our, our nature, mind, body and, and spirit. The way you talk about it, Mike, it seems to be almost as much a mental experience as a physical one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it delivers on many levels. What's coming to mind for me is, is the giggles and the laughter and the, yeah. the chats I'd often hear outside. So if I was to come down to Ballycronine. Do I do, I do the sauna first and then run into the, into the sea? And do I do this a couple of times? What happens? I would generally encourage people to, you would want at least three rounds in the sauna. And so a round typically might be anywhere from 
seven to 15 minutes. Okay. So that's one round. And and then you'll alternate between the, the heat and the cold. Uh, the time spent outside the sauna is just as important as as the time inside the sauna you know that's your cool down period yeah and so it's it's critical that you allow your your heart rate to come to a a resting state because you're getting quite a workout there because of the heat stress quite a workout there Uh, alternating between the hot and the cold absolutely so so i would do sauna c sauna c maybe three times yeah yes so about an hour you're talking about, maybe or an hour and a half. Our appointments at Ballycronine, we find that 60 minutes is a, is a minimum that you would want. It's an opportunity to to, to lose sense of time I and, see. and to really lose yourself in the experience. You are on Instagram if someone wants to check it out. Cedar and Steam Sauna. How did you come up with the name, finally? <laughs> It took a while when our sauna was complete and I had the opportunity to experiment with it. The cedar, we use western red cedar to cut out the interior uh, space of our, our sauna. And it, the, the steam comes from the stones when you pour the sauna water on, on the stones. If people want to check it out, they can find you on Instagram, cedar and steam sauna. It's a huge craze. And I imagine going into the winter Loads of people still try it. I can imagine this. I can expect people doing it in the summertime. But would you have? Would you? Would you be busy in the winter? There's no bad time to to have a sauna, and I would expect it to be our high season. Really? Um, it's only my my first couple of months in in this business, so I'm still noticing trends. Honestly, PJ, it's becoming a non-negotiable for for many. Their weekly sauna session is is becoming their self-care ritual to take time out, an hour for themselves to, to reset. Well, I can see lines lighting now, people ringing up to tell me what the sauna experience has been like. So interesting. So I wish you best of luck with the future of Cedar and Steam Sauna. Good talking to you. You too, PG. Thank you. Thank Thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, uh, if you've done the sauna thing, uh, get in touch with me. I see people are. I do it morning, 96, 96, 96. Very quickly, I want to touch base with Amir. Amir, you drive the school bus to Kinsale. That's that's all been sorted, I think, in the last couple of days. But you were, some, some advice you wanted to give people. PJ, thanks for having me. No problem. First of all, like, um, I tell you that things are sorted, thank God, and fairly quick sorted, and that's happened every year. Good, good, good. First and two weeks, we go like that. The reason behind it, the new kids, when they're joining us, and uh, they don't know which bus they're taking because only they have number on the ticket is their route number, not a bus number. I see. So thing is, like like most uh, time, like over company, which is Kearney, they put it on ticket number on the screen so kids won't get mixed up so they know exactly what bus they're getting I see so like I'm C1320 this thing is like I was told by boss Aaron oh there was a 10 kids left in Riverstick and be honest like I haven't found these 10 kids yet <laughs> where they are every morning you know the thing is what kids does they follow their friends yes they want to travel with them, but they don't take their bus 
which is has already allocated to them. So because your I ticket to, is only for the bus with your ticket number on it, is that it? That's right. I see. And there's a rake of buses there. Everyone had their own designated tickets number and they have allocated exact seats, actually two extra seats always available, just if friends want to come back home or something okay. like that, you know? Okay. Like Maybe. my bus is 57 and there's a 55 kids allocated onto my bus and they're still trying to find where the 10s are. Amir, we might talk at more detail another day uh, about this because it's very interesting, particularly the thing that the kids are going to a bus where their friends are going. It's the most natural thing in the world but it does block things up. But Amir, I'm glad it's all so, sorted. We'll talk again maybe on. in a bit more detail on, on another day. Would that suit you? Sure, PJ. Great. Sure, Good yeah. Thank you very much. That's, that, now that's something we didn't know about the bus system. Uh, and we will come back to him because he sounds like a really nice fella and he drives the bus to Kinsale and thankfully that's all sorted now, the problem we talked about last week. But it might be worth catching up again with Amir. We are slam dunk out of time. Programme edited by Imar O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Put your podcast up ASAP and we'll talk to you tomorrow just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.